Welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Neighborhood Church. We pray that you be blessed by it. So what's the big deal about spirit baptism? More than most of us realize, this thing called baptism is deeply central to Scripture. Wren's Expository Dictionary uh, says this, baptizo, which is the Greek word for baptism. Baptizo is found about 90 times in the New Testament with a very theological sense. Its root, me root meanings are dip, immerse, submerge. Now you say 90. Is that a big number? Is that a little number? Well, the word repent, and all of us think that is important, is in the New Testament 66 times. We live in a culture that really thinks praise is essential to dynamic Christian living, and yet the word praise is in the New Testament 25 times. I share that with you only to bring a sense of the bigness the gravity, the importance of baptism and understanding baptism uh, in Scripture. So let's establish right off the top this morning uh, some definition here. So first of all, baptism. Baptism means to immerse, to submerge, to be all in, total commitment. Baptizo is an immersion, it's an all in. You don't just put your little finger in there uh, for a few minutes on Sunday morning. It's, it's an all in call, it's a call to total commitment. So baptism, immersion in, submerged in, totally committed to. Baptism. Spirit baptism, Holy Spirit. Baptism. What do we know about Holy Spirit? First of all, and this is important, Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is not an it. And too often we talk about him as if he is an it. But Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is a person. Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, verse number 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So that cup. Bring me that cup, Luke. Thank you. You stay there because I'm going to give it back to you. Because it says truant on it. You keep losing it, okay. You cannot grieve this cup. 
inanimate objects do not feel. I can throw this cup on the ground, and I might grieve Luke, but the cup will not be grieved. The ability to feel is something that persons do. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Next verse, Romans 8, 26, 27. The Spirit also helps our weakness. We don't know how to pray as we should. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Luke, come back here, bring your cup. Thank you. Luke has a mind because Luke is a person. This cup is mindless. The ability to think is something that a person has. Well, some persons think better than others, but all persons have the capacity to think. The Holy Spirit is a person. Thank you, you may be seated. Next verse. While we were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, let's go to the next verse as well. John 16, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative. Whatever he hears, he will speak. Luke, come back here, bring your cup. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Say hello to me. Hello. Hello. Would you get your cup to say hello to me now? It can't. Can't. Why can't it speak? Because it is not a person. It's not alive. It's inanimate. Persons speak. People speak. People feel. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a... Thank you, you may be seated, Luke. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a person. We should change how we refer to him. We shouldn't call him spirit it. We should call him spirit... No, we should call him spirit who? Not, it's not an it. It's a person. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Fascinating story in, in Acts chapter 5. Ananias and Sapphira pretended they were really generous people. And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. Top of the verse, you lied to the Holy Spirit. End of the verse, you lied to God. 
So the Holy Spirit is God, a person, part of the personhood of, of God. So when we're talking about spirit baptism this morning, and we're talking about spirit baptism next weekend, we're talking about this all-in, total commitment, uh, resolute decision to be completely immersed in God, the Holy Spirit. Spirit baptism. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. I'm painting a picture this morning of the importance of baptism in Scripture. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. John the Baptist talking here. He says, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. I'm not even fit to take his sandals off. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist, looking at what Jesus was coming to do, he had this to say, hey, hey guys, I baptized you in water. <laughs> was a bapti- I, that's what I did. I baptized you in water, baptism of repentance. But there's somebody coming really quick here, greater than me, Somebody coming really quick here, and when he comes, he is going to lead you into an immersion, into an all-inness, into a total commitment to the Spirit of God and living in the Spirit. That's what Jesus was coming to do. I just baptized in water. Jesus is going to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. In your Christian life, if you analyze your Christian life, it really comes down to a series of encounters that change you. The first really significant encounter in my life was in 1963. How many of you were born in 1963? Not born, but alive in 19... You know, there's a few of you. So most of you, there actually was a 1963. I was sitting on the fireplace ledge of my parents' home on a Friday evening, and the room was filled with teenagers because my dad was planting a church, and the only place to have youth group was our living room. And I'm sitting on the fireplace ledge, and the Holy Spirit has an encounter with me says, John, you need to be saved. John, you need to be saved. And he kept repeating it. John, you need to be saved. John, you need to be saved. John, you need to be saved. And I must have heard it 10 or 12 times, and I couldn't handle it anymore. And I got up from the fireplace, and I ran to my bedroom and started crying my eyes out. 
Mom heard me crying and said, John, what do you need? I said, Mom, I need to be saved. That was my first encounter with God. The day I left home, age of 17, landed in Edmonton, Alberta, and realized the decision I had just made. I had $20 in my pocket, a suitcase with some clothes in it, no job, and knew hardly nobody. And I went to my bedroom, and I started reading Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and stopped somewhere in the middle of Mark. And that day I had my first significant encounter with the Word of God and the power and strength and encouragement God's Word can bring to our lives. Our Christian life is a series of encounters. And one of the encounters all of us need to have is this time when the Spirit of God comes and we literally get immersed in His presence. Now, here's the problem we have when I say that is some of you say, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. It happened at such and such a church after such and such a service when somebody, I got immersed in the Holy Spirit. And we act as if it's an event. The baptism in the Spirit, Spirit baptism is not an event. It's a life-changing encounter that changes us forever. And after we're immersed in the Spirit, we are intended, we are meant to stay immersed, all in, totally committed, walking in absolute, deep, intimate relationship with Spirit. It's not an event. It's your identity. You become baptized, immersed, submerged in Jesus. So John the Baptist says, I baptize you in water. Holy Jesus is coming and he is going to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. immerse you in the Holy Spirit. The normal Christian life, the normal Christian life is a life lived completely immersed in Him. So we go to the book of Acts, and we begin to see people being immersed in the Holy Spirit. And we read in Acts chapter 11 and verse 16, 
when the early church began to see people being filled with the Holy Baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is in reference to the fact that Gentiles were filled with the Holy Spirit in chapter 10, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, so Jesus, what did Jesus used to say? Jesus used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will be immersed in God's presence. You will be bathed in God's presence. You will be completely in, all in, in God's presence. That's what's going to happen to you. And when the apostles see it happening, they go back to what Jesus said. What did Jesus say in Acts chapter 1 and, and verse number 5? John baptized with water. He's about to ascend to heaven, the right hand of the Father. But he says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is, this is a big deal. Why is this a big deal? This is a big deal because God has made it a big deal. This is a big deal because it's a big deal in Scripture. You will be baptized, immersed in his presence. And so it happens. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Not many days hence becomes today. And when the day of Pentecost comes, and we'll be there celebrating around the world the day of Pentecost next weekend. Everybody was together in one place, and there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. This was their baptism their encounter with the Spirit of God. This is a big deal because the Bible's made it a big deal. This is a big deal because you need to understand it if you're really going to walk in everything God has for you. I know it's a big deal because when I look at my library, my, my office is that series of windows right up the center there. And I look at my library, and on the right-hand side of the entrance to my office, your left-hand side, are all the books that talk about books of the Bible. So Genesis to Revelation, that whole side of the room is books, commentaries on Genesis to Revelation pretty well. On this side of the room is topical books, books on prayer, books on healing, books on uh, family. The single largest section of my library is on Holy Spirit. This is a big deal in Christian circles. Spirit baptism. We need to know what it is. We need to understand 
what it is. And so there are two words in, in New Testament language that are used, lots of words, but two words I'm going to refer to now that talk about Holy Spirit. And one is the word filling, and the other is baptism. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 uh, says, don't get drunk with wine. That's good advice, everyone. But be filled with the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's normal. That's normal Christian experience. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9. You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So, simple truth here is, if you're a Christian, that moment I left the fireplace ledge in our home in southeast Calgary and ran to my bedroom and began to weep in God's presence. I invited Christ into my life and the Spirit of God came and filled me. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the identifying mark of a Christian. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you do not belong to to Him. Romans chapter uh, 8 and verse number 11, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He raised Christ from the dead. Also will give life in your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Can we stop and ponder this for a moment? Can we stop and ponder this for a moment? Can you think about this for a moment? Almighty Creator, all-powerful God, Creator of the heavens and the earth, loves you so much, loves you so much that he has taken residence inside of you. That's phenomenal, my friends. That's phenomenal. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Almighty God, creator of the universe, dwells in you. There's more to it than that. There's another encounter. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ? All of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we might walk in newness of life. 
it's not just that Jesus comes, God comes and takes residence up in you. He wants you to become completely, entirely immersed in him, baptized in him. And, and the picture there is the picture of, of death and burial. A week and a half ago, I drove to Cumberland House and led the memorial service for our pastor in that community, and then I went to the graveside and led the burial service for Sister Mariah. And I was deeply touched as I, I watched our indigenous people lower by rope, Pastor Mariah into the ground. And in the culture I am from, after you're lowered into the ground, everybody quickly hugs one another and leaves to go eat egg salad sandwiches. But nobody left the graveside. And they all stood there. Some of them had shovels, some used their hands. And they began to put dirt on top of Pastor Mariah's casket until that casket was completely covered. We are buried in Christ, totally immersed in him. <laughs> I don't see the old man anymore, the old person anymore. We see, we see him because we've been baptizoed and baptizo, baptized is, is a burial experience. Patrick Mabelog says this in an article he wrote for Christianity Today, December 2017. Baptism means to be completely immersed. So in a sense, the baptism of the Holy Spirit involves being completely immersed in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God made tangible and real to us. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit means to be immersed into a growing and thriving relationship with, with God. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 28. In him we live and move and exist. Why? Why do we live and move and exist in him? Because we are completely immersed in him, totally immersed in him. Spent the week in Abbotsford, my last trip as districts out of the province as district superintendent. 
And coming home yesterday, I'm trying to put the finishing touches on this message, and, and I'm sitting beside a really big guy who's leaving me no elbow room, and it's very awkward. Which may explain the content of this message. But I'm thinking as I'm working on this message that that my Christian life ought to be an awful lot like that plane ride. I was in the airplane. And where that airplane was going, I was going. Because I was immersed in it. I was totally immersed in the airplane. And if that pilot had said, I'm going to trick these people, I'm not taking them to Saskatoon. I'm going to take them to Inuvik. I would have been going to Anuvik because I was immersed in the airplane. And where the airplane went, I went. The Christian life, friends, is not about us and our desires and our motives and what we want to do. We live and move and have our being in him. What he wants, we want. We're immersed in, in him. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Christ. We are immersed in him. Submerged in him. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, we walk by the Spirit. (laughs) Where are we walking? We're always walking by the Spirit. How come we're by the, because we are immersed in, we can't go anywhere without the Holy Spirit going because we're walking by the Spirit, totally submerged, totally immersed in Him. And so I, and I I haven't been to very many of these in the last year, but I went to pre-service prayer here this morning, room 208, come early. And as I was praying, I realized that that as Christians, we find it very easy to forget that we're immersed in him. And I thought about our lives in many of our homes. Many of us are more immersed in our televisions in the evenings than we are in him. I wonder what would happen in our homes (laughs) if as dads and if you're a single mom here, we bless you for your courage and strength and faithfulness. You're a single mom. What would happen if even for an hour we said, man, my life in God matters to me far more than what's on TV right now? And we turn off the TV (laughs) when our kids are going to bed, every one of us would make a walk down the hallway and get our Bible out and spend 10 minutes praying and reading one-on-one with our children. And then we went to the next one. Oh, I can't do that. Blue Bloods is on at 9 o'clock or whatever your show is. 
we're immersed in all kinds of unimportant things, and we miss the important. Totally devoted, all in, completely immersed in God's will, God's way, God's purposes. So I, I want to start to end. Because I want us to take some time in a moment just to ask the Holy Spirit to come and enliven our relationships with Him. But I'm going to look at two scriptures. The first one is Judges chapter 6 and verse number 34, talking about Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. That phrase, came upon, is the Hebrew word labash, labash. The New American Standard Version translates it, came upon. So for the last eight years, I have been the co-chair of the Educational Standards Committee of our, the denomination this church belongs to. And Thursday night, all the deans and presidents of our Bible college was, went out for supper. And I get to go with this crowd because I'm the co-chair of the Educational Standards Committee. I have learned when I'm with them to try to be very, very quiet because you can sound very stupid very quickly when you're with smart people. But I also realize sometimes if you ask them the right question, you can learn something. And, and I had the dean of a seminary there at the table with me, and I said, what does baptism mean? And I started writing notes on a napkin for about 10 minutes. He was going so quick. But he started at Judges chapter 6 and verse 34. And he said there are very, very few versions of Scripture that have translated that right. Labash means, click, to put on a garment, to clothe oneself. Let me read you three other versions that will bring some further understanding of this. English Standard Version. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. Next version. Young's Literal Translation. The Spirit of Jehovah hath clothed Gideon. And Holman's... Uh, What's a C? Can't remember what C stands for, but standard Bible. The Spirit of the Lord enveloped Gideon. Friends, this is normal Christian living. If you are a Christian, Almighty God lives inside of you. But He's also come and he's kind of become your clothes. 
is what you're wearing, it's what you're dressed in, it's what you're immersed in. The Holy Spirit actually becomes your identity. <laughs> you're clothed in Him. You are always walking, moving, living in Him because He has come and enveloped you. He has clothed you with Himself. What an amazing picture here, friends. The amazing God of the universe lives inside of you. But the amazing God of the universe wants to be the one who clothes you, that you are immersed in, that you spend every day living and moving and walking in no longer pursuing your own desires, going where you want to go, doing what you want to do. All of a sudden, it's all about him. And so Jesus makes this promise. Acts chapter 1, and verse number 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. So now academic dean of seminary on my napkin, writing furiously for 10 minutes, says almost every Pentecostal thinks witnesses is a verb. I'm gonna go out and witness. Says witness is not a verb, witness is a noun. This, my friends, is who we are. Because <laughs> he's clothed us. He's immersed us in him. And our identity becomes as people who are baptized in Christ. It's all about him. And so when we leave this place today, we're witnesses of him. Because that's who we're immersed in. Everywhere we go, we're shining brightly for him because it's him who we've put on. It's called Holy Spirit baptism. Not just putting your finger into a relationship with him at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings and saying, ah, it was a pretty good one, or... Uh, Pastor John wasn't on the ball today. What happened? That's not, that's not us. That's not who we are. We are people. We are people. Totally immersed in him, all in, completely dedicated to him. Baptizo. We know you enjoyed this teaching from the Neighborhood Church from our Pine House location here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. To touch base with us from anywhere in the world that you're listening, or maybe you're just at the gym or in your car, you can text the word Pine House to 306-800-5296. There you can fill out our digital connect card. Or if you want to give it a distance, or maybe you've been working weekends or just can't make it to the city, 
text the initials TNC to 705-230-8977. Through that little portal, you can give or tithe or even give to missions. For any more information about The Neighborhood Church, you can check us out online at theneighborhoodchurch.org. God bless you and have a great week.